Hey, all you rad dads out there. Hey, what's up, everyone? Brett here, bringing you another episode of The Rad Dad Show, the parenting podcast where we ask inspiring dads the question, what does it mean to be a rad dad? On this episode, we're stoked to present a conversation with Scott Radinsky of Scared Straight, 10 Foot Pole, and most recently, Pulley. Not only has Scott been a mainstay in punk rock over the years, but he's also had a career in baseball that spanned over 30 years, including 11 years as a pitcher in the major leagues. And of course, Scott's a rad dad of three adult children. Christian and Scott chat about the influence punk rock has had on Scott's life and how that's affected his parenting style, and about how Scott's career in sports and music provided an unconventional upbringing for his kids and family. So what are we waiting for? Let's get to it. Here's Scott Radinsky on The Rad Dad Show. Hi, Scott. Welcome to The Rad Dad Show. Who are you? Who am I? Well, I'm a husband. uh, I'm a dad of three wonderful kids. I've been uh, involved in Major League Baseball as a career for the last 37 years, and I've been playing in three different punk rock bands since 1982. Those are? Uh, The first band I was in was called Scared Straight. Uh, the second band was called Ten Foot Pole, and I've been in this band Pulley now for twenty some odd years. Awesome. Do you care to share the the name and age of your kids? Sure. Uh, my oldest daughter, her name is Shailene. She is twenty four. My middle daughter, her name is Rachel, and she is twenty one. And my son, his name is Scott, and he's nineteen. Oh, so, so you're an experienced dad. You know, we've, we've had dads on the show with, you know, two month year old kind of thing. And then here, here you are with adults. I've been through all phases of their <laughs> lives and, and what goes on with parenting. So I, I feel pretty uh, experienced. Yeah. There, there we go. So you have a lot of wisdom to impart. Uh, they got a rad mom. How's that? There we go. Yeah. Shout out to the rad moms. Do you consider yeah. yourself a, a rad dad? Um, well, I mean, there's a fine line in parenting, I guess, you know, I think I've been, uh, you know, especially between me and my wife, I think she's probably been more of the disciplinarian. Um, I've been the rad guy. Um, you know, uh, I guess I'm a friend, but at the same time, a parent and, you know, I've kind of drawn that line at times when needed. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would, when I look at myself, when I used to pick my kids up from school, and I used to see like the other parents or the other dads. I thought I was way rather than them, of course. I love it. Why? Why, why did you think that? And I love that you think that because that's, that's kind of like the epitomizes what we're kind of about. We want, we want well, like dads, you know, to be proud and think they're, they're rad and, and try to squash that whole deadbeat dad moniker and, you know, the bumbling idiot dad. So what, what was it about? I, mean, I think most importantly, um, you know, I think uh, the fact that I was present, you know, throughout their whole lives from, from day one, um, you know, I was present in, 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 in parenting and, and being a, a voice of reason. Um, you know, a lot of this behind me, I think, kind of has a lot to do with uh, not being the stereotypical and I've been fortunate, you know, uh, to not have to go to work for a living and come home. And, you know, it, we didn't have the conventional, so, so to speak, uh, you know, my kids didn't have that type of upbringing. It was a little different. And, and, um, and I know they'll look back at some point in life. I mean, there might've been times when they were bummed in the summer when they had to go leave their friends. And, you know, we made a very conscious effort of keeping the family, so to speak, issue together. And, and, um, you know, I know they'll look back and, and reflect on on how cool it was growing up and, and how cool their parents were and, and how into them we really were. I mean, we we committed 100 percent and gave everything. It was all about that, basically. So what was like unconventional about it? The fact that you were in like baseball and like had to. Yeah. And, you know, um, my job, um, you know, I. I could have been on the team for three years. So my, my kids might've had three summers in one city. And then the next three years, I might've been with a different team. And, and so we were in a different city for those three years and, and then they'd go on road trips and whatnot. And it was, it was, uh, 
just different, you know, and, and then, you know, you add the musical aspect into it. And, you know, I don't know how many kids I remember my first daughter, my oldest daughter, she went to a, uh, I guess it's preschool before you actually go to kindergarten. And, you know, they, the girls that, that worked at the, at the facility were, were super nice girls and they're basically babysitters because the kids aren't really learning a whole lot. They're just playing and interacting with, with each other. And we had a show in Hollywood with no use for a name. And I want to say this was probably somewhere around 2000-ish maybe. And my daughter was on the side of the stage with my wife and she kept pointing. She kept like pointing to this girl in the front and I couldn't put two and two together. And my wife in between songs said, Hey, that's her teacher. So we brought her up on stage and I thought, well, my daughter will never remember that, you know, being three, four years old, but how cool is that? Like your teacher is at a punk rock gig in the front row getting squashed by people. And now she's on stage hanging out with one of her students. And that was kind of cool. That, that, that so unconventional in, yeah, I mean, I've been able to take my kids with me where I go, you know, when I work. Um, you know, my son basically grew up around baseball fields. He was able to be in the dugout and be a bat boy and hang out all the time. I mean, not a lot of people can bring their kids to work. So I guess unconventional in that sense, um, you know, where we would live. If I was in Buffalo for the summer, we would get to go to Niagara Falls and do things that just a lot of people don't get to do on a regular basis. And for us, it was constant it was just constantly ongoing and it really never stopped so their whole childhoods have been kind of getting that experience that uh, sounds so cool like that what an opportunity for you know for some kids to be able to experience that for sure what, what's it like now being you know all of them obviously a lot older and not not really kids anymore it's yeah the relationship's obviously different um I think they, they, they kind of look back and, um, you know, we've gained a lot of respect with them. We've, we've respected them. They respected us. We've, we've always had uh, open conversations and, you know, open relationship basically with our, with our children. And um, I think, I think they're, they, they probably just the fact that their mom and dad is together is, is a plus. And, you know, that's, that's a struggle sometimes for, for kids that just don't have that experience. So that, that was important. I thought my, I grew up that way. And, and I, I'm not saying that it can't be done to be a single parent hats off to the ones that do, but you know, that in itself, I think is, is an important factor in, in, in being brought up, um, you know, seeing that, that, that environment in a home, that, that loving environment, um, you know, that caring environment and, and, I know it's carried on to them as adults now or, you know, young adults where they, they, they kind of realize like they did have something a little special, maybe than some of their other friends experienced or, or, uh, you know, the opportunities they had. And, and it's, it's just, I think it's made us a little, uh, a little, uh, I hate to say it cause I can't speak for all parents, but, but I know it's, it's helped the bond you know, as we've grown together in life. And, and I mean, I'm pretty immature myself, so I can relate to them on any kind of basis, you know? And, um, oh, it's just, it's just cool. We've kind of grown with them. I, you know, when they were little kids, we, we you know, I, I was a little kid when they became, you know, teenagers, I went through that hell. And now that they're adults, um, it's really cool to have a, a real conversation with uh, somebody you brought into this world that's a mature human being that's doing good on this planet. For sure. Like, yeah, that's kind of one of the, you know, a testament of being, I guess, a good parent. That's what all parents want for their, you know, their kids is, you know, someone that could kind of be independent, make good choices and just you know, enjoy life. And hopefully you've influenced them in that right way. You, you kind of so touched on a lot of those things. What, what are some of the traits that you think make one a rad dad? You already mentioned kind of being present, providing kind of this caring home. Anything kind of out there that you haven't kind of touched on that you think? Well, and you know, I say this a lot, and maybe it's not accurate, but maybe in my life it is. But you know, I I, I credit a lot of what punk rock gave to me and the whole music thing and that that sort of uh, 
you know, I, I kind of, I'm from the era of doing it yourself and, and attending Legion halls and, you know, the gigs I went to weren't, I think we didn't have the local rock club having a punk show. So I kind of, my work ethic, I think was um, one of the big things that like, I think I'm instilling in my kids is, you know, the fact that I was able to really juggle a lot. My, my job occupied, my job was an eight month tour, basically, you know, a lot of bands go on tour throughout the year. My job was an eight month tour. And then I would come home and had a four month break, but then I would also go on tour as well. And, you know, um, and I wasn't selfish. I, I, I wasn't selfish with it. And, and I wanted to, uh, I wanted to make sure that they understood that, that, you know, they were, they were the top priority. They were the, they were the reason, you know, we were basically, we were existing for the most part, the world revolved around them. And, um, you know, that, 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 that sort of drive and that example, I'd like to think that I set, you know, I was able to take care of the things around the house. I was able to, you know, hold a job. I was able to continue to, you know, play in a band. I was able to attend little league and, and dance recitals and all that stuff. And, and I mean, to me, that's like, that's what a parent's supposed to do. And, and I do see it now in my kids, a little bit of the, the work ethic has kind of, and I'm not saying I'm nose to the grindstone all the time, but, I think that they've seen that, like, when you commit to something, you commit to it and you see it through and you finish it. And, you know, my oldest daughter right now has a job in New York City and she's completely self-supportive and she's a driven woman. And it's it's a beautiful thing. Um, you know, my middle daughter is kind of on that same page and my son's on that same page. And it's just nice to know that, like, they're going to be something they're going to amount to something they're going to figure out a way to survive they're going to figure out a way to do good and um you know i think a lot of that has to do with the example that was uh you know being set watching how we operated as as parents that again you know, i use this word already again like that also kind of epitomizes with the, the rad dads as well it's like you know highlighting you know models that do that and so i, I would i would agree with you and i would i'd feel like punk rock has influenced me as a human being as well. And, and so, so sometimes people ask me that and it, I'm a bit shy to say that because I think there's like still a bit of a stigma to say like punk rock, like there's all these things that people that haven't kind of grown up in that world kind of conjure up and they, they don't really kind of recognize the whole DIY ethics or the, the fact that, you know, like say take someone like you, for example, like played in the major leagues, play in a punk rock band, if you look at like someone like Greg Graffin, PhD, uh, you know, sings in a punk rock band. Uh, so that, I, so where I was going with that, I guess, is that do you attribute punk? Did punk influence your parenting style? Well, I, I think it's influenced me as a person. And like you said, it's kind of, you shy away from it or whatever. It's kind of crazy to say it, but really name me something, any other type of music that can have that sort of influence on a human being. And I think the kids that are growing up nowadays are, are seeing it in a different, in a different light, but you know, I stapled together and photocopied my own fanzine, um, you know, back when I was in high school and I can remember a guitar player in my band saying, why aren't you doing homework? And it was like, well, because this is more fun to me. Um, but punk rock, it, it, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I think anybody who's experienced it and grown with it um, understands how it's kind of shaped us to a sense of, of kind of a little bit of who we are and it, it's in you. And, and um, like I said, I, I can't think of any other genre of music that, that, that really brings that out in somebody. And it's a, it's kind of like a lifelong attachment. It's almost like a permanent tattoo on the inside, you know? What, uh, what do your kids think about that? Like, are they into it or are they, they think are, they, are they stoked that their dad is a, a punk rocker? No, they, they really don't give a shit. They don't care. <laughs> um, uh, almost like, like my daughter, she, you know, she, when she went away to college, um, 
some one of her roommates did some sort of Googling on something, found some sort of video on YouTube. My daughter was so embarrassed, you know, oh yeah, that's my dad, you know? And she was kind of like, yeah, he looks like an idiot jumping around and screaming, and, <laughs> you know, and, and because most people in the world don't really get it. And so, you know, I'm sure her clean cut, you know, roommates from wherever they were in, you know, middle America, you know, probably thought, wow, that's like, that's different. My dad didn't do that. And I don't know, I, I, I've had my son, he, 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 uh, you know, he's taken a little more of a liking to music than, I mean, the girls like music, but they didn't physically attempt to do anything. My son plays a little guitar and, and, um, you know, I, I came home two nights ago and, and he, he's away at school, but he comes home on the weekends and me and my wife walked in the, in the door and I, and, and we came in, he's sitting in the living room with his girlfriend and he's doing an essay on his computer, but he's got the music going on the TV and it's waiting room by Fugazi. And I walk in and I start singing every line for line. I'm dancing in the living room, you know, I'm singing the song and the next song comes on as skulls by the misfits. And I'm singing every word to that song. And I'm sure, you know, his girlfriend's probably like, wow. Okay. My son's just kind of putting his head down. Like, Come on, dad, you gotta embarrass me. But you know that, yeah, I mean, that's, I'm kind of going off your, your off subject a little bit, I guess. No, no that's good. These are good, yeah. great stories. Um, yeah, no, it's yeah. You gotta be you. You gotta embarrass the kids, right? I, I think that's kind of a, part, a little bit of oh, part of our job, right? I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed. You know, in tasteful fashion, I've enjoyed embarrassing when I can, for sure. In what ways has fatherhood changed you? Well, the responsibility. I mean, is is incredible when you bring somebody into this earth. I mean, it's like it's life changing. It's forever. It never going to stop after this, right? Forever, you will be a dad. Forever, you will be something, some sort of parent. And, and um, so it's changed me. I mean, in, in, in what ways? It's changed me permanently. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's probably made me a better person. You know, I said I, I'm immature to a sense, but, you know, it, it, it makes you grow up. It makes you become responsible. It makes you have some sort of like, self-worth of this like existence and and it's like i have to i have to i can't screw around no i have to do this because i have this responsibility and you know i know everybody goes through life and has different issues and i always thought it was weird how you know strange how someone can just walk away you know when their child's an infant and just be gone and have and hold no sense of responsibility no financial burden no caring whether to be involved in this person's life and, and parent this this thing they made and and i've always thought that was you know unfair to the kids that had to grow up that way uh in fact it just flat out outright sucks i mean um you know so so in what ways does it change me i i think i would have was on that path. I, I grew up in that kind of background. I didn't have a large household. It was, you know, four of us. It was my mom, dad, and my brother. Um, and, you know, we lived in California and their entire family was on the East coast. And so, you know, all the holidays and everything was, it was just us. And, and so I didn't grow up around a big, large environment or, you know, that type of family, like where my wife grew up. And the first time I went to her house for Christmas, there was just in the immediate family, there was like over 30 people. Oh, and it, for me, it was like, you know, it was like shock. It was like, wow, we got to buy this many gifts. <laughs> and, and, you know, um, it, yeah, I mean, it changes you permanently. I guess, I guess if I had to choose one word, it's like, yeah, it, it's, how does it change? How, how has becoming a dad changed me? No, it's changed me permanently. You, you know, in, in that, that answer you kind of talked about um the question that came to mind is you know the one that i asked jim from pennywise we had him on the show and you know he, he's he's talked about it with his documentary and his book as well as like you know him being on stage you know saying fuck authority but you know at the same time being home and you know having these these rules how do you navigate that that kind of dichotomy seemingly dichotomy with punk rock and then parenting well, we'll go back to 1986 when I left high school and my first job was 
I had the opportunity to get into professional baseball. And I was never a jock. You know, I, I get criticized in high school for, for hanging out with like the dudes over here with Mohawks, twisting up the packages of ketchup and throwing it against the basketball gym. You know, that I, I just never fit in that world. Now, when I went down to the baseball field and we all had on the same uniform, we were all teammates and there was no, none of that high school crap where there's, you know, the, the, we were all one team. And um, so when I entered professional baseball, that was an instant, like, wow, I'm not going to, I'm going to be who I am. I'm going to continue to, to be myself. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to dress the way I dress. I rode my skateboard to the field. I, I took, and at that time, that stereotype, you know, I can remember guys telling me, Oh, you listen to that. Kill your mom, kill your dad. <laughs> yeah. That's what punk talks about. You know, you're fucking brilliant, you know? And, and, uh, um, so I kind of learned early, early on. Um, and I don't want to say play the game, but I kind of learned how to be, what is it like dual personalities? You know, I, I had, I, was, I could be this guy when I had to, I could, I could articulate my word and speak to the media and do all that the way I had to on a professional level. But then two weeks later, when the season was over, I could be standing on stage and, and, yeah, yelling shit to people in the crowd and bouncing around with my buddies, having fun, sleeping on a floor. I went from a Ritz-Carlton to a floor in Germany all within a three-week period. And um, so I kind of, I kind of, like I said, I kind of learned early on how to, how to separate. And, and uh, you know, uh, I, I think, I think my, my kids are smart enough and intelligent enough to know that like, well, you know, this is how we, can do things here. And then sometimes you got to put on your hat a little more straighter and, and just uh, not rock the boat. And I don't think it's giving in or, or selling out. I just think it's being smart. And, and, you know, um, as, as you grow in life, I, you know, there's not a whole lot of people that can just lay around the beach and do nothing. So, you know, you have to, you have to be intelligent. I, I, I'm assuming you have a job of some sort and, you know, you, you're doing things in the community where, you know, you're, you're host, hosting these events and organizing these things with, with kids and the whole nonprofit. And it's like, you're doing, you're doing good. You know, you didn't, you're not, you don't have that 15 year old, I don't give a shit attitude. And, and uh, you know, I think it's cool when you can establish yourself to, 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 I don't want to use the word success, but you can establish yourself, you know, on a, on a level where your kids can respect, okay, you have a job. You, I see what you do for a living, but then you're allowed to to be this other guy and be on stage and say "fuck authority." If that's how you really feel, I might not be able to say that to Sports Illustrated or the Los Angeles <laughs> Times, but I can damn well say that at a punk show. So it's it's I think it's okay, and and I don't I don't think it's really made them ever think one way or the other. You know, I think it's they understand it. Did you have any fears about being a dad? Um, well, I think everybody does, you know, to, to some kind of point. Well, I'll preface, maybe, you know, get add to that question too. Like where, where were you in your career and your life when you first started to have kids? Like, can you reflect back on your, your oldest can, and just before can, those? She was you know, my dad was pretty rad. He was involved in me and my brother's lives. You know, he worked and he had the job where he worked, you know, from whatever, nine to five, come home, we'd eat dinner. And, you know, he wouldn't do a whole lot with us during the week, but on the weekend, he was, you know, all about us from the minute he got up. And, and um, so I think, uh, redirect me just, to, just a little bit. Fears and, and, and career. Like, so I guess when I, when I've kind of created these questions, you know, years ago now, I, I would always like, I'm just interested in about, I was terrified. You know, I have one son, he's turning 10 in a couple of weeks. And uh, I just remember, you know, um, going through my, my, my ex now, but you know, we were together and that pregnancy and, you know, the anticipation, the anxiety, the fear that kind of comes with that. I, I remember, you know, him being the, the day he was born and, having to put him in the car seat and be like, you know, the, the hospital like, okay, see ya. Um, I'm just yeah, that like fear. That, that movie I, knocked, knocked up <laughs> in the car. Just, yeah. Hey, what do we do now? 
so I'm just curious about what other people's experiences were. Were you were you afraid or like? Well, um, so 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 just to touch on what I was talking about for a little while, having the experience of maybe seeing how my dad did it, maybe took a little bit of that off. Um, but then, of course, and we were married for gosh six years before we decided to have kids, and and when we did, I think. I was, you know, certainly ready uh, mentally and, and at a point in my life where, okay, I, I was smart enough to know what the responsibilities were going to be. But yeah, of course, when my wife told me that, you know, the day she told me she was, she was pregnant was like, whoa, life changed so fast. Everything <laughs> just, everything stopped and I had to kind of gather my thoughts and, 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 yeah, it's and then as it's transpiring and you start to see the stomach grow and then you know the anticipation of going to the hospital and and um it's quite the experience, isn't it? I mean, I guess yeah, it, it is but everybody knows. I don't know if it's I don't know if I was scared. Um, you know, fear it's possible, but there's a lot of anxiety. I mean, there's so many feelings. I don't know if you could just put a word on what, what you're going through as you're experiencing that, that period of, of waiting and, and, you know, and everything that goes along with it. And obviously the closer you get, the more nerve wracking it is when you start to see things, you know, maybe a room or, a, you know, a little crib or some, you know, start to see things starting to accumulate. Like, wow, man, this is really, really happening. And, um, I don't know. I, I mean, I know in the beginning when, when she was pregnant, yeah, okay, it was instant, everything stopped. But God, it just progressively got worse as the time went on. <laughs> and, 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 and uh, you know, I guess there was more time for it to marinate and, and, and to think about, like, what you really got yourself into. And, um, and then I got excited. Of course, I got super excited. And, and um, yeah, but it, it is a trip how there is no you know, and you hear it, there's no book, there's no video, how to, it's just, you know, you pull it off. You pull yeah, it off. I, it's, that's it's what we do as, uh, as humans, you know, as that animal instinct is you just you figure it out. Yeah. Did, did you like grow up at, like when, so you said you saw this kind of through your dad and stuff, like, did you grow up around, did you have family members that had babies? Like to me, it was, it was a bit foreign in the sense that it was like, okay, my, my dad had passed away a long time ago and my mom really was at that point wasn't that involved in my life. And so I felt kind of like isolated and alone. I remember my brother was at the hospital. And I was like begging him to come over, like, come over. Like, I really don't know what I'm doing. And, and it was like, I, I don't think the nurses wanted me to take my son home because I, I brought up the car seat, but I couldn't figure out how to get it from the base part. Like, cause because so my, my, yeah, my, my, at the time, <laughs> my wife, at the time, she put it in her car and I couldn't for the life of me get it out. And I brought the whole thing and they just looked at me like, what? You're not we? ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, but, but like you said, you, you just kind of deal with it and I wouldn't have it any other way. And, and for sure there's, there's no manual, but like, is that, did you have that experience? I guess is what I'm asking you. I had nobody around. Um, like I said, it was, I grew up with my brother, my dad and my mom. Um, and maybe part of the reason why I feel like my dad was so rad was because I lost him when I was 16 and, and he passed away. And, and so, but God, the first 16 years were such an impact and such an impression. It obviously molded me into becoming the man that I became and the father I became. And um, so it was just my mom. I mean, my brother, he didn't have really, uh, he wasn't even around. Um, he might've been living somewhere else at the time, you know, in a different country, I think. And, um, so yeah, my mom, that's it. And, and, um, my wife, uh, isn't from the area. So she had no family here at all. Her, her mom came out and stayed with us for, uh, I want to say it was a couple months and, and helped, get things off the ground. I know it certainly was there to help my wife and, and, you know, I mean, who better to have than your own mom to be there with you. And, and she was in a position to be able to do that. And so she did, and she came out for 
I want to say it was a good six, seven, eight weeks. And, and uh, that sure was a good head start. Um, and then my mom was around and, but they're, you know, they're both the grandmas were a little on the older side when the first grandkids were born. So, you know, they were kind of, you know, they were, they were grandma age, but they were more on the older side of, you know, they should have been grandmas maybe eight years earlier, <laughs> you know, and, and, um, they could do it for a little while, but you know, you need a break. And, and I'm sure as you experienced, it's, uh, what, a, what, a, what an amazing thing, two hours, just a way of rejuvenation can do to carry you through the next 22, because you know how it is in the beginning. And it's, I mean, God, I, I can remember, you know, my job, obviously I was playing at the time and, and, you know, the games would be at seven o'clock and, and, be done at 10, 10 30 by the time you eat and take a shower and I drive home, you know, it's close to 1145. I'm usually going to sleep about 132 on average. And, and, but I'm waking up whatever time I don't have a schedule. I'm going off of what the, the screaming's doing. And, um, you know, in the beginning, it's a little light and they barely can speak. And then, you know, they start getting to an age where it starts getting crazy. And I wish we would have had some of that help around God, like sisters with kids and, you know, whatever cousins and things like that but yeah we didn't so it was uh it was tough yeah one-on-one sounds like you made it though well we made it yeah there we go you mentioned in that in that that answer like you know talking about your dad and you know passing away when you were 16 um so can you describe are you comfortable describing the relationship with your dad absolutely um, like I said, he was, uh, from what I can remember, he was involved very similar to, I mean, I guess we kind of are some to a point of what our parents were and, and you kind of become that or it's, you know, whatever, but, uh, for as long as I can remember, he was around, he was hundred percent there anytime that I needed something or needed him, he would, you know, either tell me the time it was going to happen or make time to make it happen. Um, involved, you know, me and my brother and just about everything, you know, that was going on around the house, uh, whether it was, you know, using screwdrivers and saws and things like that, that, you know, just that kind of education. So I feel fortunate that I know a lot of friends that can't even change light bulbs, you know, and it's, I can build things, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, um, when we were doing sports or, uh, you know, things like that, he, you know, he would, he wasn't like the coach, but he was always there. He was like the dad that could be there to help. And, uh, you know, I know he worked and maybe the schedule was a little more flexible than, you know, nine to five, it was clock in clock out. Um, but he was involved in both my, myself and my brother. My brother got into motocross and he would go ride mo- motorbikes on the weekends and go to races. And, you know, my dad bought a little pickup truck specifically to put the mo- motorcycle in the back. And he would take my brother to, you know, to the track and he'd sit there all day and be part of the whole moto scene. Um, you know, when I started getting an uh, uh, interest in music, I started off playing drums and, and we were, we were driving down the street and we passed a garage sale and there's a drum set in the front yard amongst tons of other stuff. And uh, he pulls over. I don't even say anything. And he pulls over and, you know, I didn't probably the first garage sale I ever saw, you know? And, and so they're selling the drum, this whole drum set. It was a, for me, it was like just the most insane. It was like Neil Peart's drum set to me. It was probably just a basic kick. snare for um, maybe one symbol and um he pulls over and and they said they wanted 100 bucks and he goes "Uh, i'll give you 50 and the guy says 75 and so i'm probably like 13 maybe 12 13 and the guy says 75 my dad goes i'll give you 50 and he said meet me at 60 he goes 40 and the guy said, 50 bucks, it's yours. And we, <laughs> and we loaded it up into the whatever car we had. And, and I got to play. My dad didn't know how to play drums, but he sat there and he was telling me what to do and how to play. And, uh, you know, we, we, we started doing music and, and uh, 
I mean, I, he had somebody that could build things and off my bedroom, they built an entire little studio when I was shit 11th grade. And we started having band practice there on a regular basis. And they let, they let us play some pretty horrible punk rock and learning how to play punk rock. They allowed us to do that, you know, weekly at their house. And it was, you know, that was, uh, they were into it, man. And, and so my relationship with him, unfortunately, got cut short at a point in your life, I think, as a young man, when you probably need that father figure in your life more than any time ever. And, you know, I was just turning 16. And, and you know, I'm sure I'm 53 now. And I'm sure that there's a shithead in me that's still affected because I've never gotten over it. And, and, you know, I don't know if like counseling or things like that are really, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, my whole life has just been, you know, DIY. I'll figure it out. And, um, but I definitely think that, that, you know, it had an effect on me at that point, but then at the same time, it was one of the biggest motivators that, you know, basically gave me a career. And as fucked up as that sounds, it's like it, you know, it took that to, you know, watching him, he, he, he passed away of, of, of lung cancer. So that was a, you know, okay, we're going to give him eight months and, you know, here we are two and a half years and it kind of got pretty bad at the end. And, and um, you know, I can remember standing at the front door and I'd be like, all right, dad, I'm, I'm, I got, I just probably just got my license, you know, I was 16. And, and I'd be like, hey, I'm going to go to so-and-so's house. And, I, and I'd look, and he'd be hunched over on the couch. And I'd look over, and I'd make sure that I could see a breath. And then I'd, I'd go out the door. I mean, that's how, that's how close to the end I thought it was on, a, on, a, on almost like an hourly basis. So it got shitty in the end. But uh, the first probably 15 years of my life, and, you know, obviously I remember somewhere between five, I mean, I remember early ages, but I remember being five, six, and he, we joined some Indian guide thing. And we were like, you know, I had the headbands with the eagle, you know, with the feathers. And we went camping with like these other dads and kids. And so it was like that kind of thing. And, and um, it was cool. It was, it was like, it was, I had a rad dad and it was cool to grow up like that. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that he was, that it was there like that at that time, because, you know, as you get older and, you know, you get into your teens, you're kind of not pushing away, but, and especially in that time period and where I was, you know, with music and everything and, you know, that whole rebellious side of early 80 punk rock in LA, um, if you want to stereotype, uh, you know, there was a lot going on, uh, you know, as a 15, 16 year old, I, I would have loved to, um, you know, been to a point where like when I started to get to play and for him to see me do that, I think would have been, uh, that would have been like insane. Cause I know that, you know, he would have been like super proud, you know? And, uh, but yeah, I mean, To sum it up, I got 15 years. You know, that's what I got with my dad. So it was pretty good. Sorry for your loss. Thanks for sharing that that story. I uh, I have you know, something similar. Like my dad passed away when I was 23, just before I finished university. He actually committed suicide, and and oh. uh, and like when you talk about counseling and all that stuff, yeah. you know, I don't. It it never goes away or that you know that thought and and so hey, but we you know we all need a little fuck you in us don't we yeah. yeah yeah um how did you deal with being on the road like you know away from your kids like you you mentioned the you know when you were traveling i guess with the teams and stuff you were you were there all the time but what about like when you you did come and go on on like a tour with your you know with your, with your bands and stuff is that um, difficult or it was just, just the way it was? You know, 
having been so much a part of my life with the baseball thing and you know anybody familiar with a homestand would be like seven days you go on the road for seven days you might be home for 10 days you go on the road for five days it's you're never in the same place for a week um so i graduated high school in 1986 on a friday and the very next day that saturday i had been involved in baseball for my entire life that's all I did for eight months. And so I was so, I had a home and I used to tell my wife, it's crazy. Like I got this home that I pay for and I live in it maybe two and a half months a year. And I rent apartments and townhomes or wherever we are in whatever city, whatever we have to do. And I live there for eight months and I live in the, well, I live there for four months and I live in the hotel for four months. So I never had roots. And, um, when I had kids, unfortunately, there wasn't FaceTime or anything like that quite yet. I think Skype was somewhere in my first daughter's early age. Um, but, you know, she was born in 97 and really the whole computer thing for me didn't happen until around 96, 97, 98, around that time. And, and it was, you know, for those people who remember back then, it was very, you know, it was on a very simplified level where you plugged into the phone line. Um, I would have loved to have the opportunity to do what we're doing right now and be hanging out with my kids and my family, you know, while I'm sitting in a hotel room, it would be a hell of a lot better than, you know, maybe talking to them on the phone and, and, and how long does a kid want to really talk on the phone? So I, I got like <laughs> 30 seconds, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, on the touring side, we didn't really, we, we didn't, we're not, we were never a band that went out and toured ridiculously, um, you know, two weeks, 20 days, come home, maybe go somewhere for a week. Um, and it's, you know, I would really feel guilty sometimes. Uh, I'm getting ready to go play this killer show. We're going to go play Friday and Saturday. You know, we're going to go play, let's say we're going to go play San Francisco and Reno. And then I'm going to come home on Sunday and, you know, we're not going to, we're not, we're not paying the bills. We're not making a living, but we get an opportunity to play a killer show. And for us at, at our age, what we do and the, our whole existence, it's, it's, it's all, it's always been about rather play a killer show than, you know, worry about trying to support ourselves doing this. And, and, and it's really hard. And I can only think of a really few handfuls of bands that are, you know, at an age to be doing that, that if they're not making a living, they're not doing it. And I've always been, you know, fortunate to be around some guys that, that, uh, that's been our whole, our whole MO is, is we're going to have fun. We're not going to take this seriously and we're going to take it seriously, but we're not going to like, it's not going to be our job right. and, yeah. um, and, and, and be able to sustain that. So we never really had to do extensive tours. Um, and the baseball was, so much a part of my life 10 years before I probably even had a kid no seven eight years um but yeah guilt is probably the one word I could use a lot when when I'm when I'm going back to telling you we're gonna go play a killer show and I should be looking forward to this but I'm feeling really bad that I'm leaving my wife right now with you know I felt bad I felt really guilty and I don't know if there's a reason to uh and I don't think it's selfish in any way to say that i just think that and someone told me this and it made a lot of sense and you have to make do and you have to be the best you can be when you have the time to be there and do it it's it's 100 you're all in and being a dad and when you go do something that you have to go do it's 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 part of who you are as a man and so it kind of I don't know if I sound stupid for saying it, but it kind of lessened the guilt a little bit and made me realize like, well, I'm not taking advantage of anything. I'm, I am, I am the best dad there is because I take my kids to school every day and pick them up when I'm home. Uh, I'm 100% with them. And, you know, it got to a point where it was a lot more uh, as my career started winding down and, and my time was, freed up to where I think they wanted me to go out and play shows and just go ahead and leave, you know? Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, that's a real long-winded answer for asking me, you know, what the feeling was. Sorry. No, no, I like, I get it. Like, I don't think it's stupid at all. You know, I I really, I'm a firm believer of, of, you know, being a model and like as a dad or a parent or a man, if you want to say that, to follow your passions. And, and, you know, I, it bothers me when I hear stories from friends of mine or, or just people I know that, you know, I'm not going to do this. They, They almost use, parenting or being a dad as an excuse for not to do and kind of follow their passions. I think you can make all of it work. And I think, you know, you playing like a, you know, chasing your dreams of baseball or playing in a punk rock band. I think that makes people a better dad, like a better, better parent. Like when you can go do that, whether, whether it's punk rock music or really just like going to the gym or taking care of yourself or, you know, taking that time to go out with your, your friends and, do whatever it is you need to do to come home and, you know, relieve stress. And it just, to me, it just makes sense. You're, you're, you're leading by example and you're setting this, this example of, you know, um, you're, you're, this is who you be, be, you're, be a person. You're teaching them how to be something, how to, this is what you do in life. You, you have friends, you do this, you do that. You have children, you know, I love you. You know, I'm here for you, but daddy's got to do this. And yeah. It's, yeah, it's. I told my wife the day the first one was born, we got to get one of those backpack things because it's not going to slow us down. And you know what? It did. Awesome. Yep. A couple more questions. Uh, just kind of maybe transitioning away from the parenting stuff. You know, can you, you know, talk about like what's next for you in terms of pulley and stuff? Is that kind of your main thing gig right now? Or are you still involved with baseball? Or um, I do stuff with baseball, um, you know, with some local high schools. I, I, I'll occasionally uh, get to do some stuff with USA Baseball. Um, I'm not with any sort of affiliated uh, club in any capacity. Um, I think that that's I'm, 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 I went I'm, I went to another chapter, man. It was a it, it was a long haul, and um, you know I, I I was ready to kind of just do it, do it for the love and in a different way now. And so I'm, I'm five days a week at a couple of high schools and, you know, I can come and go when I want, but um, I'm still involved. Uh, I do a collegiate summer league team uh, locally here that it's called the California summer league. It's a five week season with, uh, you know, good high, you know, D one type baseball guys. It's a wood bat summer league, summer Cape Cod league. And, couple other leagues I have around the country that kids go on to play uh, after their college season would be over. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been able to do music now for the last two years, two and a half years uh, on a consistent level, like I've never been able to do in my life. And most of it's been revolved around writing. Um, you know, we're a few weeks away from uh, recording a record and I'm, extremely excited because we've been working on it since the whole pandemic thing started and the guys weren't working and we could get together at this rehearsal spot we have. And um, so, you know, the whole thing started going and, and uh, we've been able to play some shows lately. Uh, you know, we have some good stuff booked here up in the, you know, December. Um, so there's, there's that to look forward to for sure. And, and, and I'm looking forward to doing this record. And I mean, other than that, it's, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, just going to continue <laughs> what you're doing. Um, and, and you're coming up to, to to Edmonton, right? You're doing a Western Canada swing in March stuff. Can't wait. And I've been begging the guys to play a song by one of my favorite bands from up in that area. And I'm sure hoping we can pull it off. Who Who is it? Are you share it? Or is it I can't share it. No, it's, it's how many bands are from figure it out well if it's from edmonton it better be snfu but we'll, we'll i guess we'll see see you at the buckingham in march and i'll have to yeah, buy, buy you a beer hey yeah. man play one just for you <laughs> um <laughs> I, I, my band's playing i i i have a we have a cover band and so we as part of the whole rad dads thing we we do a dad religion we call ourselves dad religion and we do a bad religion like our first show was about three years ago, we just did it just to get together, actually do an all ages rager. And so we had like a all ages show at a, at a, with like 
when we're talking about like all ages shows, I had one of my friends back. Three years old. Years yeah, old. they were like three or four, like my, my friend Bob. I'm like, hey, do you want to like open for us? You know, we're going to do this this thing, you know, just going to charge a small fee for some charity kind of thing. He's like, yeah. oh, sure, I'll play all ages show for, with you guys. And he's been in a few bands around the Edmonton area for a long time. And so his idea of all ages shows, you know, like teenagers and that sort of thing. And when, when he saw like a mosh pit of, four and five year olds he's like this is insane like uh, it was it was pretty awesome oh, so i love it though that's awesome so yeah we've I, been doing that you know we kept it going and we're playing that actually we're playing the buckingham in december as a like a uh, there's a few bands as bands kind of playing <laughs> so it's uh kind of fun so yeah i look forward to meeting you at, uh, at the buck for sure uh, last question. Are there any words of wisdom you'd like to leave for, for any dads out there or future dads listening? Um, well, definitely for the future dads and, and, and to all current dads. And I don't know I, this by no means am I going, I'm going to go on record and say this is by no means any words of wisdom, but uh, God, be patient. Just be patient and allow your kids to speak, you know? And, and I always think of it as like the bowling alley. You know, when the little kids play, they put those bumpers up, right? So the ball never goes in the gutter. And it's like, if you can just get them down the lane and knock a few pins over, just have patience, you know? Cause it's not easy. It's not easy at all. And it's, it's an everyday, nonstop 24 seven ongoing and, and, and uh, do the right thing and, um, and be there for them and, and put somebody on this earth that can do something. And, and uh, you know, we don't, we already got enough crap we deal with, man. Let's, let's at least breed some good humans. There we go. We'll end it there, Scott. Thank you so much for your time. Really yeah, appreciate, appreciate it. All right, that was Scott Radinsky on The Rad Dad Show. Thank you so much, Scott, for joining us. And thank you for listening. If you like this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you drop us a review on iTunes. And if you're looking for more Rad Dads content, find us wherever you get your podcasts or give us a follow on social media. On Instagram, you can find us at at rad underscore dads underscore show and on Facebook and Twitter at at rad dads show. And now you can also look us up on YouTube for some video interviews as well, including this one. Lastly, Rad Dads is first and foremost a community organization aimed at positive parenting. And you can check out what we do over at raddadsyeg.com. That's raddadsyeg.com. Thanks for tuning in. In the meantime, and in between time, stay rad.